0: secures some price for friday august 4th 2023 coming to you from the gogo sports studio built by arbor lee and that's here at the iconic wall center downtown vancouver and there's a mosquito on my microphone oh wow this be careful this the thing this is a big honking mosquito you're just gonna watch him it looks like a Manitoba sized mosquito maybe Trevor Martin's brought him back from Manitoba last possible. night. possible look at this thing Blake it's enormous and it flew right on the microphone you gonna let it at... be
1: you're gonna let yourself
0: get a, a bite in about a boat well and a half? I would like to slap it but I don't want to do, um, break the equipment here mm. you know how I feel about microphones it yeah be treasured don't want to drop them this show presentation. Of the Applewood Auto Group, we're at Applewood Nissan Richmond, Applewood Nissan Langley, Applewood Nissan Surrey. The 23 Sentra from $83 weekly, the 23 Kicks from $65 weekly, and then the 23 Rogue from $99 weekly. And that's all-wheel drive as well. Because, Blake Price, as they say. It is all good at Applewood. Dog poll question today. Indulge us, we are having some fun. It is the BC day long weekend here, midpoint of the summer, August. When you think BC sports, you think, fill in the blank, hockey, mountain biking, skiing slash snowboarding, or surfing? And it was just last week we talked to Kevin Woodley after he emerged from the surf of Tofino he explained to me though and I was really disappointed to hear this mm. surf isn't really ever big enough in Tofino to get pitted so pitted no got him oh no missed him second life okay now he probably is going to bite me
1: I chose violence I don't think I don't think mosquitoes get get angry like wasps you don't think too. so no
0: uh, so you can't get pitted in Tofino? No. You can't surf. Canada's only surfing community, or biggest surfing community. Mm-hmm. It's the one city in this country where surfing is bigger than hockey. Is the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that, I, I mean, I am unfamiliar with all of coastal Newfoundland and Nova Scotia, but I can't imagine there's a lot of surfing in, re, in the rest of Canada. There is, um, to uh,
1: disagree a little bit with... Woodley, while the 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 public access beaches are not big enough to get pitted, so pitted in the winter, drive in beaches if you know where to go. Oh, around Tofino in the winter, you if, are now
0: talking about a class of surfer. Yes, that better be experienced. Like the Brewweilers and stuff have some yeah, secret yeah, spots. Exactly, I'm, that, I'm sure they do. That you know, especially in the
1: winter when you're wearing oh. your, your full five mill <laughs> no, wetsuit, terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh, <laughs> It's pretty big. Not not like not like jaws big, but it's big.
0: Yeah. Mountain biking I think has a connection, mm-hmm. a tie to this province uh, unlike others. What's
1: the best mountain biking? It's a, it's, a, it's the hardest mountain biking in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the most unique and really you could make the argument it is the best mountain biking in the world. Mm-hmm. There are some pretty pl- crazy places and Moab and stuff like that, but it's uh, not the same. Not the same as
0: this. Well, and of course, um, what you see at Crankworks and Whistler, free riding, is that what they call it? Free ride mountain biking? Well, it downhill's the craziest. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. That, that's really a BC invented sport. Like That yeah. started on the dunes and Kamloops and other... Well, areas North Shore, across North Shore is are other the areas across of it. absolutely. Mm. So th- that is something that is intrinsically British Columbia mountain biking, but with a twist. Yeah, it's not what most places
1: consider mountain biking. Mm-hmm. People think they're mountain bikers, and then they come to the North Shore and they go, "Oh, I, I I'm not." Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh I, I didn't sign yeah. up for this. No. No. What do you mean down a hill? Yeah. What do you mean off a kicker? And, of course, there are many, many other options here for you to write on in. So reply with other or hockey, mountain biking, skiing, snowboarding, Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. Bodog, line of the day for me, NFL preseason. Blake, don't judge me because the preseason is the free season. Texans have a culture to establish with their new quarterback, C.J. Stroud. England does not. They know what they are. The hoodie doesn't care about the results in the first preseason game. So I'm going Houston plus two. This game is next Thursday. Get in while you can for line changes. Mm-hmm. Because the preseason is upon us already in the National Football League. Get them? No, I think I missed him again. Jeez, you're bad at this. Uh,
1: by the way, uh, I think um, lacrosse gets. Number La of lacrosse deserves
0: a lot of write in votes.
1: Big community,
0: BC and Ontario, the two big lacrosse provinces. Yeah, I would argue. Yeah, lacrosse is very big in certain pockets of our province as well as Ontario. Lacrosse is really big in the U.S., huh? Like NCAA field, field, yeah. field. lacrosse yeah, yeah. is now yeah, the eastern seaboard's pretty big on it. Yeah, and and quite odd, huh? That really the way the professional game has gone, although there is a professional field lacrosse league, and there's a a cool documentary about it, but interesting that you can go like a couple hours down the road from lacrosse communities in Canada where you mostly play box. You go a couple hours down the road, and they're playing it on field. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's funny. Upstate New York, they play field
1: lacrosse. There are a lot of like coming of age movies hollywood coming of age movies where the, the sport of the star is lacrosse name one um american beauty was was it american no american pie american pie maybe yeah yeah that is correct Stifler and
0: yeah chris aus yeah were the lacrosse players in american good pie good thing yeah. we have trevor here on a friday pop mart there <laughs> you go poor favor <laughs> Uh, We're word today that Eric Carlson may be on the move, finally. And to the Pittsburgh Penguins, where Kyle Dubas has named himself general manager. I once covered a Leafs team where Pat Quinn, the general manager, re-signed Pat Quinn, the head coach, and the press release came in the middle of a game. like From the desk of general manager Pat Quinn... The Toronto Maple Leafs have resigned head coach Pat Quinn. Hmm. How, how it was like, he... "It's brilliant if you can pull it off. Well done." Negotiations were Irishman. relatively easy, and and, and here's Dubis, who may well have learned his lesson from mm-hmm. Toronto of having to report to a president, a president who, at the end of the day, didn't fancy him very much. So he's going to be the hockey czar in Pittsburgh, much like Jeff Jackson. Connor McDavid's agent is the new hockey czar in Edmonton. Can actually really throw this lot out and hire Pat Bresson, J.P. Barry. Here you go, guys. Here are the keys to the franchise. You run everything. Hockey, business, the whole line.
1: And I would consider that like a really, really good take if Pat Bresson and J.P. Barry weren't really the most successful agents in the business mm-hmm. making you money probably can't hand, hand over enough. fist. <laughs> like,
0: you probably can't pay them enough. No, you can't you want to walk away from that roster
1: of clients yeah, that pays you x millions yeah. per year and make a few to be the GM no what
0: do you think here do you do you think um pittsburgh is going to get eric carlson at relatively low acqu- low acquisition cost given his salary and given that you know san jose is probably up against the clock here more than Yeah, I mean, I I really just have to know
1: how 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 much of the cap is being held back. Um, That determines the win for the San Jose Sharks. Um, I mean, they have no need for him because they need to rebuild, obviously. Um, But it's a big hit. It's eleven and a half.
0: They are rebuild. I mean, they're in a rebuild. Yeah, four
1: more years. uh And if you're the acquiring team, you're figuring you're going to get two really good ones out of them. I think so.
0: I think so. I mean, let's remember: last year was a renaissance for him, right? It, it, was it a one-off renaissance, mm-hmm. or was it sustainable? It something renaissance? that's a little more lasting. No, yeah. it's a very, it's a very good question, and uh, you know, you do wonder. In terms of the Canucks, I mean, you're in a division right now with a couple of teams that are in. Various states of a teardown, rebuild Mm -hmm. in San Jose and Anaheim. Yeah. Like, we're, we're talking about how it may be tough for them to get over next season and into the playoffs because you're looking at a division with the defending Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, and it pains me to say that. Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. A Seattle Kraken team that was a Final Eight club last year. And is just now going to start to get the players that they have drafted circled into the lineup, right? You remember, outside of Matty Baneers, they haven't. Mm -hmm. There's not really been a lot of homegrown players in Seattle yet. Um, You know, who knows what's going to go on with Calgary? But you know, we're talking about the division and how tough it is. In that context, it could be a lot tougher if there were weren't two teams in a teardown
1: rebuild. The Sharks have eight defensemen signed for this coming season mm-hmm. at the pro level right now, at the uh, NHL level. Two of them, two of them are under the age of twenty nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's more tearing down to do there. Mark and, Edward and, and, Vlasic
0: signed to at least thirty nine years of age at seven million, and they got Couture on an eight million dollar ticket for several more years at thirty four. No, it may be a while in San Jose. Oh, boy. Lots of work. Yep. So Carlson may be traded this week to Pittsburgh, which, you know, all of a sudden that becomes an interesting team because Pittsburgh for the last half decade has made the playoffs and failed. I mean, they just don't win playoff series anymore. That's getting the band back together. That's the Blues Brothers a team bit. right there. And then the Washington Capitals re-signed Tom Wilson, and boy, they give him seven years and six point five million. He is, I don't want to say if he's unique, but he's a rare NHL player who brings intimidation on his resume. He is a big, fast, strong, mean guy. That reputation is out there. And there's not a lot of players like him in the NHL anymore. Nope. He's 29. He gets a seven-year deal. And there's another club that you wonder, do they have anything left, the Washington Capitals, with Alex Ovechkin? And what's to happen this season, particularly if they have a poor season? Uh, Of course, once upon a time, Pittsburgh and Washington, right? That was... Man. Your de facto Eastern final, like those were the teams you had to get through. I'm looking at Pittsburgh's contracts. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Hextall and uh, Burke, that re- I don't think that like, regime is going to age well. Speaking
1: of aging well, Latang's 36. He's got five years <laughs> left. Petrie's 35 with two years left. Graves is 28, but he's got seven years left. Well, they just signed they him. They just signed him. But I'm just saying, like,
0: oh, my God. Ricard Raquel's 35 years left on his deal. Whew. Yesterday's Bodog poll question, will the Canucks ever get past Connor McDavid in the playoffs? Yes or no? 1,200-plus votes. What won the poll? Um, Yes. Yep. Percentage? 60. 58. Very good. Mm. Patterson was excellent last week on that. Oh, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, mm. very, very good. He's, Clinic. A, he's a man of the people. Yep. Jake says, yes, I think if the Canucks ever made a run in the playoffs in the Demco era, I think he could win us a series against the Oilers. EP41 says, will the Oilers ever succeed in the playoffs? Good question. Haven't been to a final yet. Mm -hmm. Razor says, yeah, probably because the Oilers haven't gotten that far. And then Stefan says, better question, will the Canucks ever get to the playoffs? Yes. One first has to get to the playoffs to get through Connor McDavid and the Oilers. And as we discussed yesterday, doesn't necessarily mean you have to play Connor McDavid in Edmonton. The 1982 Vancouver Canucks got to the Stanley Cup final in part because the LA Kings upset Gretzky and the Oilers in the Miracle and Manchester series. Right? Mm -hmm. Not sure I would have fancied the Canucks' chances in the Smythe Division final against Edmonton, but against LA. And you'll see that from time to time. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, whoa, BC Lions! All the—I mean, we've talked so much about how great that defense is, how well the offense is going, even with receivers missing weekly, even with the backup quarterback rotation at running back. It all comes crashing down in the Manitoba capital. They lose fifty to fourteen. This game was 14-1 before he could bat an eyelash. It was over early. Now, keep in mind... Winnipeg was coming off the bye and BC was on a short week, and I saw a lot of griping uh, about that from Lions fans. And look, rightfully so, that's not fair. That shouldn't be a thing. This is why the CFL desperately needs a 10th team, a Halifax team, to balance out the schedule and not create these sorts of and there's so many extremes because of this. Yeah.
1: Um but keep in mind too though that uh this was the second meeting of the team of the season between these two and the Lions did put one over on them yes, last they time out. So yes, they did. So you know the uh, Bombers came in hungry. You can bet the and uh, arrested. You can bet that they came in there with the the last meeting on their mind. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I th- you know, it, it's not good. I think Greg Campbell's got some good teaching moments to come out of it. Oh, but um, you think? But I don't think you necessarily sound the <laughs> alarm bells
0: either. Dane Evans gets hurt. He leaves this game. Dominic Davis comes in. Evans doesn't seem doesn't look like a long term injury. We'll put it that way. And of course, we suspect Vernon Adams, who did dress, will be ready to go Saturday against Calgary. 30, next Saturday. Thirty
1: to six. So the Lions scored uh five times as many points um in on June 22nd. It was only four times as many points uh, for the uh
0: for this one. So the, Well, I, I the Lions just, actually have them. You know, and we've been we've even mentioned that the way this Lions defense is going with two shutouts already is like you could be looking at a historic even and then they go and give up a 50, 50 burger yeah, yeah. and suddenly you've come crashing back down to the pack. I'll say this, and I saw Farhan Lalji tweet it, that none of the BC DBs played well last night. 447 passing yards for Winnipeg. 576 total yards. Uh, The DBs are veteran. They've been the strength of the team for a couple of years now. Uh, It sounds, I mean, Watching it last night, it's almost like they believed everybody telling them how great they were and decided, you know, we just have to show up. I would not want to be one of those defensive backs in Ryan Phillips meeting watching this film. Because as we all know, RP was a DB and a superb one. That's his position of focus. That's where his greatest expertise lies. And I will bet he watches that film and is nauseated. By some of the things he saw. And knowing RP, who's a pretty mild mannered guy, I think he gets after some people on this. Now, because I'll bet that's personal for him. This is a
1: case, too, where uh, I think you look at the offense not having the ball at all. I mean, the the offense, you know, a handful of first downs. And fair enough. And so the defense is playing the whole game.
0: Well, and fair enough, Blake, but it's 14 1 after a couple of possessions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Did the ball get rolling downhill and the cascading effect happen and the Lions are the worse off for it? All of those things. But they weren't ready to play from the jump. And that's got to be troubling for Coach Campbell and, well, the entirety of the coaching staff as well as the team itself. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing, though. And I tweeted this last night at halftime when they were down uh, 23. A loss here is not necessarily the worst thing in the big picture. A little adversity sure. can go a long ways. Had they won that game last night, as we discussed, Blake, you're 7-1, and one, you've got a tiebreaker over Winnipeg, you are on easy street for a home playoff game the rest of the season. You almost, 10 have, to, games. You almost
1: have to figure out a way
0: to right, keep yourself exactly. busy. Yeah. Now you're tied at 6-2 and two with Winnipeg, they hold... The tiebreaker. Yeah. And you've got a whole lot to play for, starting with this Saturday game, week from tomorrow against Calgary. So there are some underlying, I think, um, positives out of a blowout loss like that for Rick Campbell and the staff. Yeah. Put it this way you're going to have everybody's attention this week at practice after you lose a game like that. And Calgary, who plays tonight, not very good. Two and five. No. Whitecaps with the big one tonight. BC place, 730. Tigres, the Mexican side, in League's Cup action. I meant to ask you this yesterday. Is it as simple? Vanny's playing this um, 3 5 two. Formation well, often,
1: yeah, more often than the Christmas tree, but he does play right. Christmas tree too. Yeah, Christmas tree. Oh. Yeah, four through two one. Could you?
0: Is it as simple as Larey and Atakube slot in as the wingbacks, and that's that? Everything else stays the same. I I mean,
1: again, they're not playing tonight, just to be clear, folks. Um, but uh, no, but I, when they do play, when they do play, I think you know it depends on the confidence that. Vanny has in Laborda and in Blackman Mm -hmm. as center backs because I think if you are not super impressed with one of them or if there's an injury to one of those guys, then you go back to four at the back and you have Mm -hmm. uh, Lorraine Atacube on the back line at a back four. With two of the center backs, Laborda, Blackman, and Ranko, with Ranko and somebody, yeah. yeah, yeah, with Ranko and somebody, and you build you build from there. Mm-hmm. So I think it works in both in both ways. Depends on the health, yeah. depends on the busyness of the schedule and all that. And you were telling me, Larea prefers the right side. He's generally been on the right side, but he flip flops and can okay. play a little bit on the. But Atakube Ad- is almost exclusively left side. So has he? Yeah. Okay. Yes,
0: yeah. it's it's, uh, it's pretty good looking eleven with those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you especially if Gould and already- Galdon, you know, and and White's got to be more clinical.
1: Well, and this is after a, a decent season for Luis Martins uh, and um, and for Jermaine Brown too. So those guys become depth now. Like they go from the starting eleven mm-hmm. out the lineup. So you're allowed to have an injury now, and you can still
0: still put out a good start in eleven. Just occurred to me. Did I say Grady was hitting switches and conducting things today? Off the top. It's of course, Trevor Martin's. So I'll put myself on ease now. I don't know if he's remarked on that. Um, what do you make of the pronunciation of uh, the little Portuguese flair he's trying there on your last name? He gets it every once in a while. Sometimes it's not the best. That oh, was not the best. Well, here's the thing. Please so, tell me how to say my name, Blake. I, I want to hear it. Well,
1: I, I've I've heard I've heard Luis. I've heard Luis say it.
0: And no, he says... Where do we get a G sound in there? Luis Martins. and I almost feel like a J or a G. That's very common in the Portuguese language. Is it? Language. Yes. Okay. Luis. Educate me. Luis. Yeah. Luis. Okay. Um, I guess it's, it's not a G or a J sound, but it... Yeah, more SH than anything else. Okay. But
1: we've asked Luis several times, and his pronunciation is, is Martin's. Sure, in anglicized. No, we said. How would you say, Martins? So now, if he was living in Lisbon, he might not be saying Martins.
0: No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we tried to be very clear. How do you? How do you guys pronounce it, Martins? Like, like here in Canada, it's Martins all the time. But my dad grew up in on on the Azores, and
1: it was Martins. Well, the, actually, the nuance I can tell you about that, but how he said it, like we have an audio file. Like they do the audio file, Ooh. he he hits the tins, Martins, Martins, ah, yeah, yeah, behind the curtain.
0: It's a hell of a segment here, guys. yeah, it's good. Well, we wanted to bring you in, Trevor. So it's not it. oh, often you. that you're hitting switches and conducting things, Trevor Martins. So, yeah, so we'd like to. Uh, We like to bring you in when you're guesting here. Great to be here, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. Um, Vancouver Canadians are back at the Nat on Tuesday, and guess who's going to be there, Blake? Gibby. John Gibbons. Gibby not gone. Gibby here. Gibby not gone. Gibby here. (laughs) Gibby, his trademark Waddle, will be at the Nat on Tuesday, and... Here's the thing. This is not something we say a lot with the Vancouver Canadians and home games in the summer. This is one where they have some tickets, everybody. So if you're planning to do a day at the Nat this summer, night at the Nat, and let's face it, it is on the list of many a BC family, Tuesday is a very good opportunity for you. Those weekend games these days, very tough to get a ticket. Everybody has beat you to the planning. They're in for the weekends, especially those nooners, very popular. Of course, Saturday and A W family fun Sunday, but midweek little better. And this Tuesday in particular, a good night for you with tickets available and a chance to uh, to meet Gibby.
1: Should be a fun day. He's usually, he's
0: very good with people. He's got incredible. Yeah. People's. One of the reasons he elevated to field manager in the bigs was because of his way with people. Everybody who has ever met the guy loves the guy. And, of course, presided over some pretty good Toronto teams there that made the playoffs in the ALCS. Didn't get through, didn't get to the World Series, but mm-hmm. they were pretty darn good teams. And you know Gibby's got stories and you know that Gibby isn't afraid to share stories as well. <laughs> What's your best Jose Bautista story, Gibby? I'm sure there's a few. Oh, I'm pretty no. confident there are a few there. Canadian Open has a new date. This is golf?
1: Yeah, Bob Weeks reporting uh, that it's flip-flopping like it? no? with the memorial, and it's not we don't good. We do like this. No, um, <laughs> because it'll be first now, and then three straight designated events. Mm-hmm. The designated events, folks, are the full field. Everybody should really go. You know, you, yeah. you have to. Yeah, you basically have to go. You basically have to go. It's like a pseudo major. Yeah, you get fined if you don't. Ask Rory. The Memorial, the U.S. Open, and then the Travelers in succession, which is a very odd strategy from them uh-huh. to make guys travel around like that. Um, and more importantly, for the Canadian Open, selfishly. What are the chances you get four straight great fields? Yeah, probably
0: not. Probably not. (laughs) And, and, you know, you always knew that these are American decision makers. We know that Americans don't see outside their borders very well. So you had a feeling that the interest was going to go against the Canadian Open. Mm -hmm. Despite the efforts of the Royal Bank of Canada, Blake... Which has been a massive sponsor yeah. of men's professional golf, going on what twenty years now, more. Yeah, title sponsor of two different events, not just the RBC Canadian Open, but the RBC Heritage in South Carolina. You typically a week after the Masters. If if I'm on the board of the of RBC. Or in a position of power, I'm calling my marketing guys in and going, "Excuse me, we have spent untold millions on this sport, and we get kicked to the curb like this in a reorganization." Well, of the of the schedule,
1: more concerning on that sport? front. This is the last year of the RBC well, contract. Well, and I would
0: think that RBC says to hell with it, we're out. Well, you're going to treat us like that? You're going to diminish our events? Yeah.
1: Or they put some pressure for the following year to say we were we're not going to re-sign unless we get some better standing here. Yeah, and you're right; they have so much equity in golf. You'd think that the PGA would well, listen.
0: Well, and this is one of the many strategic errors that Jay Monahan made. And, and and frankly, I mean, the deeper we go into this, the worse Monahan looks. Okay, so- I mean. He,
1: yeah, some color here from Bob Weeks. Playing in the Canadian stops favor, he says, is that the designated events are not mandatory next year like they were this season. Oh, and some players aren't keen on playing the week before the major. So does the Memorial
0: take the hit? No, most guys play the week before a major. They want to be sharp. Oh, I, I think I, I was, I, that was. There's not many even guys before that, I just read that pop up at a major. No, but the two week before, yeah. They often, take yeah the, they often Some play, guys play that, yeah, yeah, two weeks before and then take the week offer get to the major early, early. five days yeah. early yeah but that, that that doesn't sound good and just when the rbc canadian open i thought was getting some momentum i mean the incredible scenes with rory it was a good field this year too last year and then of course nick taylor with the all-timer mm-hmm. so yeah that's i sure hope that it continues to attract a good field with top players because the event has really grown up here in the last couple of years, yeah, it's been fun. Let's get to today's menu. It's brought to you by The Dutch. To breakfast, to brunch, to lunch, get it all at The Dutch. We'll do some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter. John Shannon will stop by. Uh, we talk about the reorganization of the Edmonton Oilers under Connor McDavid's agent, I guess former agent now, and the Canadian Seven. Another edition of S versus P or debate segment. It's all coming up happy hour brought to you by yellow dog brewing neighborhood brewing workshop spirits and the weather's getting a little cooler but we're still pretending we're thriving in the summer That summer heat with workshop spirits ombre margarita hi there hard lemon iced tea and hi there our peach iced tea will keep you feeling tropical all year long End of the workday, treat yourself to a yellow dog, neighborhood, or workshop spirit. No matter
1: what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, they've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at Applewood.
0: CA get some price from All Center presentation Applewood Auto group and hashtags the best and worst of Twitter brought to you by Jason Hominick of Jason Daw Mortgage.
1: all sorts of reasons why you'd want to talk to Jason Homnick right now I mean after all does anybody have any idea of mortgages right now in this current climate Jason does but I know you do. Jason.mortgage to get the best advice you could possibly get, whether you're shopping for a new home or just renewing your mortgage right now. Variable or fixed, when to lock in? Well, the answer to that is always now, because you can always change later, but Jason can give you the full lowdown. He's an actual person. You actually get to talk to him. Jason.mortgage.
0: I'm going to start with your girl. Who be that? Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. At Taylor Swift 13, which has a mere 93.8 million followers. Mm. Closing in on 100. Turns out it's not the end of an era. Miami, New Orleans, Indy, and Toronto. The era's tour is coming to you in 2024. Verified fan registration for all shows is open now. Visit TaylorSwift.com for more info. I understand you have a cottage industry now buying and selling Taylor Swift tickets. No. uh, To finance Taylor Swift attendance.
1: (laughs) Yes. One begets the other.
0: Here's the thing. You buy Taylor to see Taylor. And then you take the excess, you mark it up, and you underwrite. Nick Jordan at Kwathiaski points out She's now in Toronto with an actual night off for the Grey Cup. Maybe she's the Grey Cup halftime. (laughs)
1: act. Yeah, maybe.
0: (laughs) Not. They got the Black Eyed Peas here when they were the biggest band in the world right here in BC. You remember? Remember, though. This
1: is for November of 2024.
0: Oh. Yeah. So who knows where the Grey Cup will fall? Oh. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. 2024? Yeah. She's booking
1: shows out. She's got Europe. She's heading to Europe. L.A. finishes off the North American tour this time around. She goes to Europe for like eight months. Then she comes back for a little bookend, exclamation point. I'm putting myself
0: on East and O's. The Grey Cup is in Vancouver next year, gentlemen. Right. Right. It's in Hamilton this year. That doesn't work. Yeah. No. She's going to be all the way across the country. So we're here to report Taylor Swift will not be the great <laughs> Yeah, shocking! Shocking. A play from November. She hasn't done Super Bowl
1: yet, has she? Am I wrong on that? She has not. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's on a T, yeah. isn't it? No, oh, for sure. I mean, Only a matter of time. Yeah, they'll just throw all kinds of money at her for that.
0: Although, um, you know, Super Bowl, you almost have to be a little bit legacy. I know they've gone with more current artists at times like the weekend and whatnot but well you just need you just need you need just got to be huge basically but you need
1: to have uh content and taylor's got i don't know how many albums like eight albums 10 albums like she's she's got a lot of content so um you need to be able to do a best of medley and she can certainly do a best of medley right what would
0: you want on that best of medley oh god it, it just folklore. Just, F- just players playing. Just, is, just give, me, give me. I need. Fo- I need. No, no. I need the players playing. No. And no the haters no. hating. That's
1: that's that's the pop stuff. I like. You know me. I like the deep cuts. The feely stuff. Right. Get a duet up there with the national and. Oh. Bonnie Vare, you know she does those. Missed the
0: national here at Deer Lake. Wanted to go to that. Yeah. Um. We're just- In any event, exhausting rooting for the antihero. <laughs> <laughs> you need
1: to just stop. Uh, at Caleb Turner,
0: twenty-three, big night. I like how she sort of frames her concerts as though it's a party with her. It's like, come party with me, come join me, oh, come dance with me. She's very got a inclusive. Very, she's
1: got a very, very inclusive vibe. Yeah, very inclusive vibe. Um, big day today at uh, for Real Salt Lake hosting Club Leon in Champions League action. Um, but it was a pretty big day yesterday as well as i believe it's for a uh, a second team game at caleb turner 23 a raccoon just fell through the ceiling in the press box at rio tinto stadium in salt lake city there was a soggy looking portion of the ceiling in the press box presumably where there was a nest i guess for the raccoons and right in the middle of a match, a raccoon fell into the press box right beside the popcorn machine, no less. Oh, yes. Um, it looked like it really wanted some popcorn. And in the end, um, so began a chase through the stadium to wrap up the poor little guy and set yeah. him free. Eventually, he was caught, set free into a little creek nearby. Mm. And let's hope uh, his day went a little more swimmingly after that. Like
0: a good animal story here on Secure Some Press. Can you imagine what the Mexican reporters wrote? What a dump.
1: It's potential. As Jeff Patterson responded to the tweet, though, he showed better manners and restraint than some media members at a free popcorn machine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At NFL underscore Dove Kleiman. Report. NFL is considering adopting the XFL's kickoff style as a possible replacement for the kickoff format, according to Mike Flory. you would have to update us. What does that mean? XFL kickoff rules. Mm-hmm. Only the kicker is at midfield kicking. The coverage team is at the opponent's 35 yard line. The return team starts at their own 25 yard line. Touchbacks go to the 35 yard line. So what you don't have is that coverage team building up speed over forty, fifty yards, and the massive collision with the return team wherever they may meet. So it's a safety mechanism. Why why isn't there that build up? If you're starting on your own, they're, they're starting on the thirty. So the kicker's at midfield. Yeah, yeah. The coverage team is twenty-five yards or fifteen yards in front of him. In front of him. Yes. In so the, the kickoff team, the coverage team and the return team are only 10 yards apart.
1: Wow. But there must not be many returns, though. I
0: mean... The- I can't say I watched a lot of XFL.
1: I can't say that sounds like there's a lot of action in it.
0: Yeah. So the coverage team has to stay put until the ball is caught. So it reduces the impact, both the intensity, the speed. Do you want
1: a really unpopular take here? Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't get rid of kickoffs altogether? Well, yeah, just that players are too big and too fast for
0: that to be a play anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing, and I would argue the best thing Roger Goodell has done as commissioner is move the extra point back. And he said not an exciting play. Our fans want excitement. Now they've moved it back and we've seen it come into play now. Like now it's not just an automatic. Now occasionally they miss an extra point and oftentimes that missed extra point changes the flow of the game because you're talking about in some cases a six point margin as opposed to a seven. A couple of field goals ties that. So I could see this happening and I can see Basically, a reinventing of the mousetrap here with the kickoffs. Because it's no longer an exciting play in the NFL. No. Pretty much all of them go for touchbacks. Yeah. And coverage teams are pretty good, pretty disciplined. You don't see those long returns that you see in college football and the CFL and whatnot where you have, well, A, different levels of athletes on the field. The NFL, everybody can run. Yes, everybody can tackle. Everybody's big. It's it's hm. a different beast.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, suppose it's uh, suppose it's possible. Um, big night mm. in the WNBA at ESPN. Diana Taurasi tonight. Yeah, first WNBA player with ten thousand points. Career-high 42 points in regulation. First 40-point game since 2010. Oldest player in WNBA history to drop 40. Diana Taurasi uh, turning back the clock. How old is she now? Uh, 40. Is she 40 in the nose or 42 even? I think she's 40 in the
0: nose. Yeah.
1: She's been a superior player for a
0: long, long time.
1: And she makes me feel old because I remember her. You know, if she's 41. Um, I remember her in college. and It doesn't feel like it was... That was long she, ago was she
0: Yukon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they UConn, yeah. They were all Yukon They were all Yukon back then. Yeah. Well, like she makes you feel old because you are old. Wow. We had this conversation with Tmart. You can be harsh prior to recording. Seems a little harsh. You're the oldest guy in the room. Well, that's, that's you're the oldest guy. There's in our three operation. people. Huh? Wow. At Rich Del Monte, terrible, sad newspaper news. I'm told my old paper, the Tri-City News, will deliver its final print edition next week. Same for Burnaby Now and uh, New West Records. Staff were told yesterday via email the papers will apparently deliver news online. Staffing, question mark, unknown. Fah. Hmm. Too bad. Yeah, we've... We have discussed it here as part of our project, the need for local news and coverage and just how difficult it is to maintain. I wish everybody at those bugles well here. Yeah. Hope they can keep on keeping on online. And then lastly, Blake, at IGN, quote, she's healthy. I've got the money. Let's move her. Billionaire philanthropist and Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay backing a $20 million plan to release Tokate, the Orca, from her enclosure in Miami and release her in a bay near Seattle. So he's going to finance the moving— Jim Ursay is? Jim Ursay, Indianapolis Colts owner— while also telling his star running back he ain't got no more money, to which John Rich TV tweets, Sorry, Jonathan Taylor, all my money is tied up in whale relocation.
1: <laughs> that's hashtags. There's no cap for, re- no, for whale could relocation. We could possibly
0: go a million more. <laughs> We're all already exposed on the whale relocation, and that's hashtags for today. Doesn't sound like it could be the cure? Yeah. Very cure. No. Yeah. Scarce some Price from Wall Center and a presentation. Applewood Auto Group. Uh,
1: and Applewood Mitsubishi is open on Monday, by the way, BC Day oh. Long Weekend. Sales is at least 11 to 5. You can stop by and see the car that uh, I'm going to be driving any day now, oh. the Applewood Mitsubishi Outlander. Mm. Uh it is all new for 2023. It'll change in the grill. It looks really fun. And uh, is the plug-in hybrid? This is my... Gonna
0: you're going to... This is... You're going down to pick it up at the uh, Richmond Automall? Uh, yeah, that's right. Mitsubishi. That's
1: right. Right next to Applewood Nissan there. Uh-huh. Um, looking forward to it. I've never uh, had the plug-in experience, so I'm going to go down that road and uh, see what it has to offer. The interior looks spectacular,
0: so I'll have reports on that mm-hmm. shortly. It's all good. At Applewood. Bodog poll question today. We're asking you when you think of BC Daylong Weekend, when you think of BC sports, you think of fill in the blank. Hockey, mountain bank, mountain biking, skiing, slash snowboarding, surfing. Vote at security price on Twitter, Bodog, your Source, free casino Games, Poker Strategy, Sports Odds. It's been a topsy tournament topsy turvy tournament down under. So just give me Sweden over the USA. Upset the apple Card even more at wow. the World Cup in Oz. Oh, I had their odds here. Didn't write them down. I believe they were at plus 230 on the upset on your Bodog line of the day. Plus 240 on your Bodog line of the day. With John Shannon, our Friday regular, the former executive producer, Hockey Night in Canada, co-host of the Bob McCallum Podcast. How are we doing, sir? Oh, just great, boys. It's Friday. Mm. Come on. How can you go wrong? Absolutely. Sunny Friday here in Vancouver. Heading into the BC day long weekend. Um, Connor McDavid, Jeff Jackson, and the Edmonton Oilers. First of all, I know you're close with the principals here on the Oilers side. Did anybody see this coming, John, that Jeff Jackson would come on in and basically be czar of the Edmonton Oilers and... As I read yesterday, the succession plan for Ken Holland and Bob Nicholson? Uh,
2: I think that there, was, there were indications at the end of the season that this had to be a transition summer. Uh, you know, nobody... First of all, nobody's leaving right away. Uh, and everybody is on very good terms. Uh, so th- those two things talk about a... And it's maybe it's an ironic turn of phrase today, but a peaceful transition of power.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so
0: someone was watching CNN yesterday. No committees. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, no. Uh,
2: no, no I, was I, <laughs> I was playing golf yesterday. I was playing golf yesterday. Uh, and, uh, and and there was no way I was watching one ounce of anything like that. But that's what this is. This is a peaceful transformation of power um, in in a way that, you know, the learning curve that Jeff Jackson's going to have to go through, not necessarily on how to do the job because he's been, you know, a, a super agent for a while and he was an assistant general manager with the Maple Leafs. Fifteen years ago, so he understands the process. But getting to know the staff, getting to know the people, so that there isn't a you know a rude right hand turn uh, when Jeff is you know the man at the wheel all the time. Nicholson will still be around, obviously. Kenny Holland's around at least for one more year. Um, and to me, this is one of those things that actually took a little bit of vision to to put together. And whether you, they seem to want to give Paul Coffey a ton of credit. For this, in the end, um, this was Daryl Cates' decision to, to try to get to the next level um, of the organization, uh, and probably, in a smart way, find a way to guarantee that Connor McDavid will be a oiler for life that was
0: our question does this guarantee that seems more than coincidence yes resign in a couple of years
2: well it's logic i mean there's it's common sense and logical to say if you you know if you put you know two guys that have worked well together since one was 15 years old uh that uh, and they still and they still like each other and still respect each other that uh, there's a chance that it would happen yeah
1: the uh, I would love to know. Maybe it's Paul Coffee. Like somebody floats that for the first time in a meeting. Like who who was it that was like, hey, had an idea last night before I went to bed. You know, what about we get Connor's
2: agent to come in here? Uh, who, who do you think brought that up? What, do you think it was Coffee? Uh, I, I think that uh, Paul Coffee's role in this has been. Uh, it, it got publicized this week, but I think it has been underestimated. I think Paul, in many ways, um, has replaced Wayne uh, since Wayne went to TNT and left the organization. That Paul has uh, become a uh, a source, uh, someone that Daryl Cates can lean on, uh, someone that can be an, a, of assistance to Kenny Holland, to Bob Nicholson, to Jeff Jackson, who can you know he's not living in Edmonton; he still lives in Toronto, and he can. He can look at 10,000 feet, and the one thing I will tell you about Paul is that Paul has always been open to give good, solid opinion, and a lot of it just makes sense.
0: The Invisible Hand of the Edmonton Oilers, hey.
2: number 77, Paul Coffey. Well, he wore seven in Edmonton, so you got to watch oh, that. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll put myself Easy on and errors yeah. and omissions, John. Shame <laughs> on me.
0: <laughs> um. Before uh, McDavid, though, they have a cycle matter uh, as soon as next summer, making $8.5 uh, Blake and I were kicking this around. I mean, it is one of the great value contracts in the National Hockey League right now. Do you suspect that he's going to want to break the bank on the next one? Or
2: do you think the guys at the top
0: are more inclined to do team-friendly deals with Mr. Jackson presiding?
2: Interesting. Uh, as you heard yesterday, uh, if you listen to the press conference, and, and I, I've heard this as well, Leon is living here in southern Ontario right now, training with that group of Oilers uh, up at St. Andrews College that Gary Roberts runs every summer. Um, so his commitment to this organization is has never been in question and certainly not in question now. Um, I think they like each other. I think they like playing the game together. Uh, and so much of what we see now is driven by how much, how many dollars can you make? You know, how, can you can can you break the bank? But Leon Draisaitl truly loves playing for the Edmonton Oilers and loves playing with Connor McDavid when he can. So the answer is, I I suspect that you're right about the bargain deal he's under now. Uh, that uh, when they can start to open the the contract up, and hopefully by next July, the the cap is at a place where. It can actually allow them to open it up without compromising other people. Um, that there'll be some level of a, a team friendly deal. It won't be more than Connor. Right. You know, and so what's Connor? 12, 12, four, 12 and a quarter? 12 and a 12 half, 45, yeah. 12 yeah. and a half. So, so it, it, it's, you know, and, and realistically, is a 12 and a half. That might still be a bargain for Leon.
1: Well yeah. I, was, I I was gonna say I said like he could probably on the open market get twelve and a half, but you know it is also kind of ridiculous to suggest that eleven million dollars a season is a team friendly deal, but but actually kind of is given the uh, the quality of player. He doesn't yeah. seem like a tall poppy that needs to have his own team, does he
2: uh no i, I, mean, I again, I think it goes back to if you walk into that dressing room, there is. And, and it's funny, it, it, just as a total aside, Duncan Keith talked about this in Penticton at his speech at the Hall of Fame. The camaraderie and and family feeling in the Edmonton dressing room is something that can't be measured. That these guys do play for each other. These guys do like each other. Uh, and that is so important in, in this day and age still, uh, when you can look across the room and think that that guy's making money that you should be making and vice versa. But there seems to be something special that they've created in Edmonton and Connor and Leon are a big part of that.
0: Yep. Uh, and uh, I think it shows with their play on the plus, I mean, they're both extraordinary players. They complement each other cool. so brilliantly. So I can understand why they'd want to keep, uh, keep that thing going. Not too dissimilar to Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes here, who we know are close off the ice and, and, uh, and work well together on the ice. A couple of signings this week. Um, you were mentioning to me you don't quite get Troy Terry at seven million per in Anaheim, and then your two cents on Tom Wilson getting a seven-year extension here at age twenty-nine from the Washington Capitals.
2: The Terry one's an interesting one for me, in, in that, you know, he had they were sitting there in, in Toronto, ready to go to arbitration, ready to talk to the the third party to to find a deal. This is the one time in a player's life where the team has ultimate control, um, and Pat Verbeek elected to sign a guy long term for that kind of money. Now he bought, yes, he did buy some free agency. I I understand that, but this is a team that's still a long way away from you know being competitive, and they obviously think that Troy Terry is a big part of that. Uh, we saw more of it two years ago than we did last year. I, I just I just found, you know, for the amount of money and the term of the deal, why would you do that now when you could have had a two-year deal at a much smaller number and then knowing what the cap's going to be in a couple of years, be a little more generous at that time? I, to me, it's, it's one of those ones where they're, they're, they're just – I know what they're trying to do. I mean, we've just finished talking about the dry sidle contract. But I, uh, you you have to wonder whether Troy Terry's that type of player, and 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 two, three years from now, will seven million be considered a bargain? As far as Tom Wilson, they need something, man. You know they, you know that's right place at right time for a player that has uh, become a folk hero in in D.C. Um, This is a team that is not on the rise. They need to find a way to, um, you know, con- remain connected with their fan base. And to me, that's Tom Wilson being connected with the fan base.
1: So he gets six and a half and and we we might have to readjust, guys, what we think of as a middle class salary in the National Hockey League. If, he, if the projected bump next year does happen, like eventually we have to slide up our expectations of, of what a twenty to twenty-five goal scorer is in this league, like maybe it, maybe it is a six million dollar player now. Maybe it's not four and a half anymore.
2: Well, I think I, I think you're right. I, I think that's the one thing that's changing. And I and there's all there's also so many outside influences. And what I mean about that is that you know we're talking about all this money for hockey players. This is this is a business uh, that seems to be lagging behind the other sports. Look at look at the money that's going in the NFL. Look at the money that's going in the NBA. Look at the money that's going in the in the world of world football. And and we're rolling our eyes at 7 or 11 million dollars thinking it's a lot of money, but in many ways and I can see, you can see players and you can see the union saying we're we're actually lagging behind the other sports. We're, what are we doing wrong? You know, so that whole middle class thing, I think Blake, I think you're right. Um, but at the same time, you know the revenues aren't what they are in the other sports, and that's going to be a that's still going to be a problem.
0: Anaheim's an interesting case play because, as you say, Zegris is an RFA, Drysaitel is an RFA, although your favorite ten point two C. They just lost Ludenstrom to a Achilles injury; he's going to be out for six months, and, and you know at at some point you do have to start winning hockey games there
2: yeah you do uh, you do and and, 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 and listen and greg gonna... cronin greg cronin i mean as as greg Cronin may be the second coming of scotty bowman yeah but that's a tough spot to put a first time national hockey league head coach it really yeah. is and john John Gibson has seemingly been on the trade block for
0: two years. Like yeah. he's approaching Jacob Chikrin level here. Have you heard anything about their <laughs> plans with
2: the? And he's
1: approaching dinner? an age where well, you he's may not years be. Older. Yeah, you yeah. may not be able to he's trade him if you don't do it now.
2: I, I haven't heard anything about Gibson since the uh, uh, the Frank Saravelli, uh, uh, Kurt Overhart uh, Twitter debate, saying I wanted to be traded. I'll never play for this team again. That's not true. That's the last I heard. And I because mm-hmm. I think I, I actually think. And this, this is the last week of it because I think things are going to start to heat up again next week when people are coming off of their final week of holiday. August is in full swing and we're going to start thinking about training camps in the middle of September.
0: Uh, Canadian 7. We've had some fun talking about the yeah, Canadian I've watching. Seven. Yeah, I've been watching yeah. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Like, Do you think Montreal is still the worst of the Canadian 7? Or do you think there's a new contender there? Because we've noted Ottawa looks better. Now, and Winnipeg and Calgary, of course, we're not sure we have the full picture there.
2: Oh, I think Montreal's still number seven. I I really do. I think that, uh, you know, it's it's still a work in progress, and a, a real work in progress when you consider what the rest of the division has done. You know, that division has not gotten easier, even since the end of the regular season. You know, not only is Ottawa better, but we know Buffalo's going to be better and we know Detroit's going to be better and we assume the Maple Leafs are still going to be status quo. So, and don't discount the Boston Bruins. Montreal's in a really tough spot because of playing in the Atlantic more than anything. Uh, The the team that I wonder about um, is Calgary. Uh, You wonder uh, what what the Flames are doing and when you, to me there are, there are basically maybe t- two divisions. I think you guys talked about. it. I mean, Toronto and Edmonton are up at the top, or Edmonton, and Toronto, if you want to put it in the right order. Um, and then there's the other five, and I- I'm not sure what that list looks like. I mean, the- if I if you told me that by Christmas time the Canucks could be the number three team in Canada, I might believe you. I I, I just might believe you. It it relies on relies on a few things, including Thatcher Demko being so good but there's enough change and there's enough structure and Rick Tockett having a full camp that might put Vancouver at the the best of the rest in in many ways.
1: I could, I could see them being third, I could see them being sixth.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, there is
0: a lot of um I think uh, malleability there between the Canadian teams not named Montreal. Uh, not named Montreal, Edmonton, Toronto. Montreal is kind of where Ottawa was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, they've full tear down, rebuild. They've made a couple of steps, but they're not quite. They're two years away from being two years away. Yeah, I guess is what I'm. I guess is what I'm saying here. Um, what would you make of
1: uh, Kyle Dubas in Pittsburgh appointing himself uh, general manager and 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 the reports? that he was just waiting on Pridham to say yes to come and be the GM, I guess? I mean, he could have stolen from Shani again. Like, that would have been something else.
2: <laughs> it's funny. Um, I, I'm, I'm a, I like Kyle. Uh, I, I, I still have a, the ability to ask him questions and get answers every once in a while. Uh, but they kind of tried to slough this one off, didn't they? Oh, by the way, here's some appointments. Yeah. I'm the manager. Yeah, Focus on <laughs> Amanda Kessel. Look yeah. at the opportunity we're giving her.
0: Hey, you know, like, hes I'll give him this. He's a quick study. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, make well, sure you yeah. report to yourself after the... Yeah, but here's the thing. He, he,
2: he did say in his press conference that he was going to be the general manager until he found someone that thought differently. He actually used that, that turn of phrase, something like that, that had a different approach to the game. And that's not to say at this point that 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 can't happen at any time when the right person comes aboard. Um, who knows what's going to happen, but at, at, you know in the, in the meantime, you have to have a general manager. so you know that he, he said he said in his opening press conference he was going to be the general ma- manager basically until further notice. Well, we're in phase two of a further notice, I guess.
0: Lastly, Eric Carlson, who blinks first here? San Jose, Carolina, or another acquiring team?
2: Uh, well, if you it, it, the fascination today with the Pittsburgh stuff, you see Jake Gensel is going on LTIR. He's going to re- yes. be re re-evaluated in 12 weeks. It buys them 12 weeks, and he gives them a little bit more cap space. So, you know, do you wonder... And I think that if you, this might be a classic case of two and two equal five. But do you wonder now if there is a way that the, you know, the accountants can find a way to, uh, to justify a bit more money out of Pittsburgh at this point because they bought some time with the Gensel surgery and 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 a twelve a twelve week evaluation. No guarantee that he's going to be yeah. back in twelve mm-hmm. weeks, but a twelve week evaluation. So in my mind, I think that uh, it, it, actually my answer to you, Maddie, is that I think both teams blink. I think that one team will will move and then the sharks will compromise.
0: well, still waiting for the biggest shoe of the initial trade market off season to drop. Um, John, thank you for this. Have a marvelous uh, long weekend, and we will catch up next friday
2: yeah have a a, a good time and hit the ball straight, please,
0: please <laughs> we try. <tried. laughs> Harrison Price from Wall Center, presentation Applewood Auto Group, and we've reached Friday's S versus P debate segment brought to you by Lyuna 1611, BC's BC Laborers Union. They have contractors looking for their members to hire today. Check out 1611.ca. Lyuna 1611 has your back. Uh, you were away last Friday. Jeff Patterson sat in in your stead. I do believe I lost a non-conference game, but... Grady will report the results here when he gets back next week. Okay. Seasonal record stands at uh well, I'm two five and two against you. And um well, coming off a win against you a couple weeks ago. Like so it kind of a like start
1: to the season. Yeah.
0: <laughs> two five and two is what they do best. <laughs> Um, you, you. I too
1: want you to be playing meaningful SVPS in March. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> I'll settle for November.
0: Today's question: Will the Canucks ever get through Connor McDavid's Oilers? I'll be arguing no. You'll be arguing yes. Mm-hmm. Two minutes per yeah. And uh, Trevor Martin's presiding here today, so perhaps I'll get a fairer shot from the bench. Mm, that's highly unlikely. Oh, that's right. Yes. I forgot. The whole me not caring for you Nothing's thing. decided you, uh, today. You like to enact grievance against me at every opportunity. I have many reasons why. Yeah, you're always the victim. Honestly, we treated you like gold as a <laughs> producer. Oh. Yes, that's. What I was just thinking that. And then we were model employees when you were running the place. The most respect as a boss, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to go first. All right. Okay. Two minutes on the clock. Mm -hmm. Starting now, go. Uh, No, the Canucks are never going to get through Connor McDavid's Oilers in the playoffs. They never got through Gretzky's Oilers, now did they? Made the 82 final because L.A. upset Gretz and his gang. And that might be their route through McDavid. I will leave that possibility open that somehow, someway Edmonton gets upset and Vancouver is able to make it through. But one team is now a perennial playoff. participant and a contender. The other is just hoping to scrape into the playoffs. Canucks have an awfully long way to go with... The move this week to make McDavid's agent Jeff Jackson now the new Oilers czar seems like 97 is going to be in the Alberta capital for an awfully long time. He's under contract for three more years, will likely resign after that. Is there a world where an aging McDavid and rebuilding Oilers team opens the door for Vancouver? I suppose, but that's so long. That's such a long way off. You need a telescope to see that. And stars of McDavid's order, they typically stay move on rather than stick around through a rebuild. Look, perhaps Thatcher Demko can recapture Bubble Demko and steal a series. But again, we're talking hope bets here. That's not reality. Connor McDavid is twenty-six years old and has what? Eight good years left? His running made dry settled twenty-seven years old. He got what six, seven good years left? Maybe stars a line. Canucks advance further than Edmonton one of these years. But they should start by making the playoffs? History of the league informs us that stars like McDavid typically win cups and play in multiple finals, be they cup or conference. And they don't tend to lose to poorly run organizations like the Vancouver Canucks. So wish I could say, yeah, we've got a heck of a rivalry brewing here in Vancouver and Edmonton. It's going to be a real Donnybrook in the Pacific and in the West going forward. I just can't say it. Not at this stage of the game. No, they don't get through, Connor.
1: So let me get this straight here, Matt. Because the all-time Canucks never beat the Oilers, these ones can't? No, no. To borrow a phrase, nonsense. We have empirical evidence. Connor McDavid has historic comparables. Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby. Last I checked, they didn't win the Cup every year they played. Heck, they didn't even come close to making the Cup Final every year. In fact, Sidney Crosby has lost playoff series in the first round to teams like the Islanders... And the Canadians, in the first round, it's a true team game that requires everybody to do their job and a semblance of luck, luck on the ice and in the medical room. Generational players lose series. Generational teams lose series. The Oilers did. The Penguins did. Others as well. The current Oilers are good, but they're still flawed. Could current Oilers goaltending continue to let them down? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if Stuart Skinner develops as they hope, sometimes it takes a few kicks at the can to fully understand the playoffs as a goalie. And maybe he's not the droid they're looking for. And is their defense fully solved? CeCe and Kulak? Okay. So that's the reason the Oilers can be beaten. What's the reason the team that beats them can be the Canucks? Well, difference makers at the most important positions. The Canucks' best defenseman is better than any Oiler defenseman. The Canucks' best goaltender is much better than the best Oilers goaltender. And in a short seven-game series, the goalie difference alone could push the Canucks across the line. The playoffs is often about who the best goalie is, and the Canucks have that by a mile in Thatcher Demko. Heck, Demko was almost enough in the bubble, and he was just a kid then. The floor of the Canucks is rising, and the ceiling is too. give it a couple years, and they should be in position to pull one over on the big guns. Somehow, someway, there's multiple avenues to victory. Thank you, Blake. Yeah.
0: Did Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard still play for the Oilers?
1: Yeah, they do, and okay. they're not better than Quinn Sorry. Hughes. Did you just say that, no, folks? No, he just no, said no, that no, Darnell no, Nurse just, and Evan Bouchard are better than no, Quinn no, Hughes.
0: No, I was just remarking they they didn't seem to pop up in Blake's analysis of their team. So I'm just wondering if I had missed any I also I also didn't mention Did Elias
1: Patterson or okay. Kuzmenko Anyways, either. Nice cherry pick.
0: Over to you now, everybody. And a reminder, we ask you to vote on who made the better argument, not your personal opinion on the question. So please, whether on YouTube or on Twitter, vote. And uh, don't choose poorly. Vote for me. Some price from wall center presentation of Applewood Auto Group. You can text us 778 402 9680. It's the great clips text message inbox. Great clips, it is gonna be great. What mm-hmm. you got for us, Errors and Omissions yeah. from yesterday's program. It was Tom Brady's birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, 45. Tom, Tom terrific. I was just gonna ask you. You know how old Tom Brady is? I believe he was 45. 46.
1: He's turning 46. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what it was. And somebody, was it, I want to say it was uh, Super 70 Sports, maybe tweeted out a picture of current Tom Brady versus some legendary quarterback. Also at the age of 46, like from the 70s. I forget who it was. Len Dawson, maybe. Somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back back then, 45-year-olds looked like looked. 70-year-olds yeah. today. And it was just really funny to see the, Thomas, the juxtaposition. Thomas barely aged? Yeah. What else uh,
0: Hamilton having? in Montreal is Saturday, not Friday night football. That's my mm. dad on the Bodog line of the day. Terrible. and then. I'm sorry, but I'm putting Rob Williams on for Meaningful Games in December. I just can't abide. But he's not hes not wrong. He's not wrong. No, Meaningful Games in March, Blake. Like, let's, well, that would be nice. But let's not move the bar four months
1: and downward. I for one agree. I, too, would like to see Meaningful Games well, in Well, I mean,
0: let's start with Meaningful Games in November. We yeah. haven't even gotten to November no, in the you're last right. two years. Yeah. Bodog line of the daytime with Blake Price. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, sports odds, so you like what you got.
1: Um, We're going to Women's World Cup. Mm -hmm. Knockout round. Um, The Dutch never overwhelm me. Um, They can be clinical at times, but I wonder if South Africa is able to get them through 90 minutes at the very least. Plus 525 for the draw. Mm -hmm. uh, It's a to stage, so they'll go beyond 90 minutes. But a 90-minute draw between South Africa and... And the Dutch. Mm. Big game for South
0: Africans, I would guess. Plus plus five. Oh, the South Africans are one of the great stories there on your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder, subscribe to us and Rank Wide wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on social media, including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Of course, support those community sponsors we keep telling you about. Keep it local.